0: Grab your popcorn and your friend's password to the streaming service Letting the worst be heard from so bad it's good too. so bad it's just bad Tragedies on screen Watching the worst movies you've ever seen Hello and welcome everybody to the Tragedies on Screen podcast There are movies that should never be seen by anyone And it is our job to watch them all um Mike and with me forever and always is my beautiful honeybee wife Jessica.
1: Finger gun, finger guns, finger guns. Bow,
0: bow. All right. <laughs> and this is episode 6 of our podcast and this week we watched the 2017 movie Flatliners. This is a remake of the 1990, 1990 movie of the same name and It came out the same year as another remake, It. Now, It was a much, much better remake, and it was actually what may have uh, caused the producers of this movie to decide they also wanted to remake a movie. Why they chose a movie almost no one had ever heard of is well beyond me, but, you know, what's done is done. So... Basically, they got Kiefer Sutherland back and Kiefer Sutherland was in the first movie. And in the first interview about the movie, Kiefer Sutherland said, yeah, this is going to be a sequel, not a straight up remake. And it is going to be made clear that my character is the same character as the first movie, but he has learned from his mistakes and he has moved on from the experiments he was conducting in the first movie, except it's not clear at all. And it's very, very obvious that this is just a straight-up remake and that Kiefer Sutherland's character has no ties to the original—the character he was in the original movie except for the fact that he just plays an old crotchety doctor. And also... The characters, the actors, um, went to medical boot camp before they uh, acted in this movie as they play medical or yeah, I think they play medical students. So they went to medical boot camp to learn medical procedures, which seems highly unnecessary because in this movie, the most medical procedures they do is they put fake paddles on each other's chest and then they hold up needles where it does a jump cut where you presume they're injecting each other with things to bring each other back from flatlining so that's really it (laughs) there's not much else to say about the background for this movie Oh, um, Elliot Page did an interview where he said that it was hard to do the jump scare part and that they all had to learn to uh, be scared and go with horror movie uh, tropes because none of them had ever been in a horror movie before. So they all had to learn to act scared, which I agree with because the scariest thing about this movie is that we paid $3 on Amazon Prime (laughs) to watch it. So, with all that being said, this movie is very much like the original movie. Didn't really take any chances. So, babe, what would you say the plot to essentially both of these movies is?
1: All right, so here we go. So, the movie starts off with Elliot Page, who is playing Courtney, driving a car with who we find out is her younger sister. She checks the phone while she's driving and gets into an accident. We flash forward nine years into the future and she is a resident at a hospital. She then asks two of her friends, Jamie and Sophia, who are also interns, to help her with the project. They meet uh, between cleaning crews in the basement of the hospital where they have a fully working hospital in case of emergencies. Courtney begins to explain that she wants the two of them to kill her, let her flatline for one minute, and then resuscitate her. I
0: just want to say that uh, Sophia had just come to Courtney and said how stressed she was and about how Courtney and her haven't really been as close lately and how this was all taking a big toll on her. And then Courtney says, yeah, okay, that's great. Why don't you come kill me and we'll do some tests with death in the afterlife
1: exactly and um so yeah so she explains to them that she wants them to kill her let her flatline for one minute and then resuscitate her While this happens, she is to be in an MRI machine with a computer recording her brain activity. Her goal is she wants to see what happens when we die.
0: Again, completely unguarded MRI machine, unused, just sitting in a basement. Looks like it hasn't been touched and is completely brand new.
1: It's for only emergency purposes, babe.
0: Right. They explain this. Every hospital (laughs) has a secret basement with untouched, pristine, updated, up to date MRI equipment. Exactly. Those don't cost thousands of dollars or
1: anything. Exactly. And so as Courtney flatlines, she's flying through the hospital floors through to the ceiling and onto the roof of the hospital. She kind of like flies throughout the city. Um, She arrives on a bridge and these orbs of light surround her. So she's having a very, I would say, overall positive, quote unquote, flat line. Um, And she describes it when she wakes up as just being these like balls of energy, just being energized. But during this time as she's flatlining, Jamie and Sophia are having difficulty resuscitating her and Sophia texts another um, intern, Ray, um, and Marlo, another intern, follows Ray to the basement. Ray is able to bring Courtney back to life, and this is how Courtney, Jamie, Sophia, Ray, and Marlo are all brought together in this movie. So that's where the movie focuses on, um, or on these students, these medical students. So the next day, um, while they're all in the same class or all... Um, being supervised by the same doctor, played by Kiefer Sutherland. Um, Kiefer Sutherland kind of grills the students with different questions and also about what patients they have and what sort of side effects or illnesses that they're presenting. And during this time, um, Courtney is just inexplicably able to answer all of the doctor's questions and figure out what is wrong with all of the patients. And so this prompts Jamie to then want to flatline. Later on the day, before Jamie flatlines, um, Courtney begins to feel haunted. Her shower curtain seems to move on its own, and she sees that the bathtub is filled when it shouldn't be. So she's kind of getting freaked out, but not enough so to stop the experiment or tell Jamie at this point. So, Jamie goes through his whole flatlining experience. Um, He is driving on a motorcycle throughout the city with who we find out is his ex-girlfriend, Alicia. All of a sudden, the flatline goes dark when they approach a particular building. We find out later on that that's where Alicia um, is living or was and was living when he was with her. Um, So, we found... well. What we find out is that she he asked Alicia to get an abortion and kind of just left her to go through the whole process on her own and never contacted her again. Um, we f- also find out that she didn't get the abortion and now has a son that looks to be like five to six years old, definitely like older, not like a baby.
0: Yeah, she it's, it looks like a few years have passed.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, Jamie and Courtney, both having flat lines, seem to have this insane amount of energy and are just having the time of their lives.
0: Dying always gives me energy, babe. I die every day before I get to work. <laughs> I mean, I do. I die a little bit on the inside every time I go to work.
1: <laughs> but how does that give you energy, though?
0: Oh, I meant it takes away a lot <laughs> of my energy.
1: Close enough, close enough, close enough. It's on the same spectrum it's on the same spectrum uh jamie and courtney so they both having flatlined yeah so they're they're up in that energy um and the next day jamie is able to help out his patients just like courtney was able to um and so this basically prompts Marlo wanting to flatline as well. She's seeing the benefits that the two of them are reaping.
0: They it, there was also like a weird one-off comment here that Marlo made that was never brought back where she said that Courtney's uh, flatline experience gave her abilities that came from her past, whereas Jamie's flatline experience let him focus more on the present. Even though they both did pretty much the same thing, which was be able to find out diagnoses for their patients, but courtney they made this one-off statement that seems like it was going to play a big role, and then it was just never revisited.
1: Exactly. And I don't... Like think it's quite accurate because i remember because so the big thing that jamie did was like use um ativan on a particular patient which right. stopped the seizure from happening and blah, blah 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 i remember earlier on in the movie they brought up ativan yeah so it's like you're still kind of using past yeah memories not as far back as um courtney but that's still i wouldn't call present <laughs> right now um, so, anyways, um, Marlo's flatline begins with her accomplishments in childhood to her swimming in this pool. Um, suddenly, as she's swimming, she sees murderer appear at the bottom of the pool. It's kind of in like sketchy writing, kind of looks like it's in blood, you know, the creepy, creepy. Um, and then she is like surrounded by jellyfish and unable to get out of the pool. We find out later that this is because she made the wrong call with the type of medicine to administer to a man who had suffered a jellyfish sting. Um, So he was on some type of medication that could not be mixed with the meds that Marlowe ordered. Um, So she made this mistake resulting in his death. But not only did she make this oversight, she also adjusted the autopsy reports later to cover up her mistake.
0: And when she confesses this to Ray, they immediately have sex with each other. Because nothing turns me on more than knowing the woman I'm with killed somebody.
1: Oh, well then, babe, I think I have to... Let you in on something. Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. I have not killed anybody. Not yet, well, anyway. Well, that's You gotta just... keep on my good side. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, as Marlo is recovering from her flatline, Sophia then wants to flatline after having a difficult night with her mom. Um, She was the one that Mike was talking about earlier, who's having difficulty at school and remembering everything. So, her seeing her friends doing a lot better you know, as a doctor, this is her kind of like, um, turning point where she's like, well, let me get in on this too. So in Sophia's flatline, it really just takes us to her high school where she succeeding. She's a smart kid. Um, but, pressured by her mom and kind of her own pressure to be the best um there is another girl in her class who has a higher gpa than she had and so to basically knock her down a peg so that way she could be the best student um she logs into this other girl's computer and leaks her personal private photos which are very scandalous uh naked photos that sort of thing and so, because of that, you know, I'm pretty sure her name was Irina. um, you know, she wasn't able to recover from that sort of thing, and um, Sophia was able to be the number one and get you know just be the top that she wanted Ooh, to be.
0: Right. She became the valedictorian. Also, this movie is rated p g thirteen so nobody actually gets naked
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so at this point they all have flatlined except for Ray and they feel invincible and they go to this like wild outdoor party. During the part- party Courtney believes she sees her sister Tessa. So Tessa is the one um, at the beginning of the movie that we see um, in the car with Courtney and you know we find out basically from the beginning but for sure for sure that her sister died from her um you know looking at her phone trying to maybe like answer a text or something um so anyway Courtney follows Tessa to the parking lot and she like basically sees the old car that she Um, was driving when she was in the accident it's filled with water and she sees tessa's lifeless body in there um but then of course it springs to life as a little jump scare for courtney and for all of us yeah
0: most of the jump scares in this movie are obvious and that one was a pretty obvious one
1: and the fact that the trailer kind of showed you all of the jump scares. Oh, yeah, yep, big um, time. And so, you can see
0: the trailer with us.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so then she's seeing this other haunting, and Jamie begins seeing and hearing things as well. So he's seeing Alicia, and he's hearing a baby crying, all kind of pointing to the fact that, you know, he feels guilty about leaving Alicia to deal with an abortion or a child all on her own.
0: He's seeing the ghost of Alicia despite the fact that Alicia isn't dead.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so later, while Courtney is alone in her apartment, she makes a video basically apologizing to everyone, and that she thinks she's going crazy because she is seeing her dead sister everywhere. Um, she begins to hallucinate, have a vision, is haunted, whatever it may be, again by her sister. Um, but this time the hallucination goes super far, and she is pushed off of the fire escape by her sister Tessa and dies. This is when the rest of the crew reveal that they have been seeing things and they feel like they're being haunted as well. Because of the, their flat lines, they feel like they're being haunted by things they have done wrong in their lives. So they start to seek forgiveness from those that they did harm. Um, but unfortunately for Marlo, her mistake resulted in a death. So she's unable to ask for his forgiveness, but is still being haunted. She feels like she can't take it. So she purposefully flatlines herself, really committing suicide because she didn't, you know, she wasn't there with her coworkers. Um, but you know, the squad gets there in time to save her. Um, but while she is flatlining, she sees Courtney and Courtney says that you have to forgive yourself. So we figure out the key to this whole thing is to make up for your wrongdoings and forgive yourself. Marlo tells the hospital what she did and is put on suspension. And all are well. The end.
0: Yeah, that's legitimately it. Also, Ray's character didn't seem to have a purpose except to look like Mexican Jesus and be the Spanish conscience we all hear in our heads. You
1: have a Spanish conscience in your head.
0: See, sí, amiga.
1: <laughs> love it. Love it.
0: It tells me, no, Mike. No. No puedes hacerlo. <laughs> it's
1: a chatty, chatty conscience. Um, but yeah, and he was obviously the character who was just like I don't know, better educated, like, or had a uh, more experience. Like he was always the one who was able to get people out of Yes, his, um their flat lines.
0: Right. And- his vast medical training as a firefighter mm-hmm. in Houston.
1: There we go. All right, babe. So we gotta go through our number four five our top five worst things about this movie right so what's the fifth
0: this movie was a remake so it was revived it was revived from being dead and now we must reveal its sins (laughs) In
1: order so we are not haunted by it. Correct. And we need to forgive ourselves for watching this this, movie. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) We need to forgive ourselves for watching this movie and we need to seek your forgiveness for asking you to watch it along with us. (laughs) Anyway, number five is that Marlo's character, her whole shtick was that she killed somebody And she couldn't seek, um, you know, forgiveness and to make up for what she did and that she was being haunted by it or she feels she killed somebody. I mean, really, she did make a mistake um, that resulted in somebody's death, which is different from murder. But her character, um, you know, feels like she can't get this salvation. But it seems like she hasn't really learned anything by the end of the movie because she's driving down a street trying to get back to the hospital when she's, you know, going to either kill herself or turn herself in. And while driving, she just plows into uh, tables in a restaurant that's set up outside. And then while everybody's getting up, she doesn't check to see if anybody's okay. She doesn't go out. Especially
1: with her doctor training.
0: Right, yeah. She's a doctor, but she doesn't bother to check if she ran over anybody as she crashed through their tables or anything like that um she just backs up and keeps going um so she just commits another hit and run and this whole movie is about revealing your past deeds looking for forgiveness and she just goes on and commits another one on her way to try to get forgiveness for her original misdeed so she it's apparent that she never actually learned anything I mean, technically, it wasn't quite her fault,
1: um, because this was during one of the, like, hauntings, if you will, and she thought she was, like, being suffocated as she was driving, so, I mean, it wasn't like she was being super negligent or anything like that, but... It was completely her own fault for 100%. crashing through the restaurant and peacing out. <laughs> yeah, and
0: the other thing, and when she sees Courtney and Courtney says, you have to forgive yourself. This is way before, well, she sees Courtney in her flatlining vision, her final flatlining vision. And Courtney says, and Courtney, who has already died earlier in the movie, tells her, you must forgive yourself, referring to the original sin, quote-unquote, she commit, of giving the man the wrong medication and then changing the autopsy records. But Marlo hasn't done anything to be forgiven yet at that point in the movie. You can't really forgive yourself if you're not actually actively seeking forgiveness. She would have rather killed herself what she was doing at this time then seek forgiveness from the you know for her wrongdoings and get any sort of closure so I don't know at that point she really really hadn't learned anything but it was making it seem like she was going through this big transformation I don't know what the movie was trying to say at that point
1: honestly very true
0: um so, do you have anything to say for number four, babe?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, number four was Kiefer Sutherland's character in general. Um, so, he played this, like, doctor. So, basically, whenever I saw him, I just kept seeing, like, that they were trying to have him be Dr. House. Kane and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, And the whole, like, Dr. House thing where he's, like, you know, just kind of like a rough pain in your butt no empathy you know that sort of character right uh, a cranky old man basically character mm-hmm. um and so yeah he plays that character you just don't feel like it's 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 just a copy of dr house honestly but then he plays such a minor part like nothing. He does or says affects the movie or impacts the movie in any way. The students don't learn anything from him. He doesn't learn anything from them. Like It's just like, okay, we're at a medical school learning and this is how we're going to show off. The abilities that we apparently get by doing flat, by doing this whole flatlining.
0: Right. And the thing is, they could have gotten any actor to play this role, but they got a big A list actor and they basically give him nothing to do. Uh, he was in the first Flatliners, but he played a much bigger role in that one. He was the one conducting the experiments. And like I said in the intro and background section, he originally, I guess, believed that this was going to be a sequel where he was kind of reprising his role and that he was going to guide his students to not do the flatlining experiment or maybe figure out that they were doing it and, you know, have to go down that road again. But he has no part in that. He basically... Doesn't really move the plot forward at all, other than to show that they're all under a lot of stress under a doctor. And to, I guess, maybe tie this movie back to the first one with a callback, but his character doesn't really do anything.
1: Yeah, super waste, super waste of a great actor.
0: I mean maybe it was Jack Bauer trying to stop the terrorists from blowing up the hospital or something.
1: Mm, yeah, and he was under crossover and episode. he
0: was yeah, and he was undercover as a doctor and he was looking into um I don't know, they one of them there there were a couple of minorities and <laughs> that's what the police do, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't actually remember seeing too many minorities in this movie. That's true. It was very whitewashed. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So the number three, so the third most wrong thing about this movie is this whole haunting thing. Um. They bring up in the beginning that they think that maybe it's, like, demonic entities that are haunting them, like... Like, somehow it's these beings that are feeding off of their guilt. Um, But then there are other scenes where it shows that, hey, these are things that are happening in their mind and we're not seeing it in real life. So, like, when we were talking about how Marlo, like, crashed into the restaurant and what and it was because she thought she was being suffocated with like a bag over her head that sort of thing and so it went back and forth back and forth back and forth between showing her being suffocated with this bag and then her not like there wasn't anything there um so the movie is unclear they never tell us exactly what it is um I think what makes the most sense and this doesn't make sense i mean the movie doesn't make sense but i think what makes the most sense is because they're doing this whole flatlining thing. That they're literally depriving their brains of oxygen. What makes the most sense is that they are seeing these things in their brain. Like that they're not actually being haunted. That there's not a demon chasing after them. Is that their brain is just get... Is all sorts of fucked up from what they did to themselves. And so they're just seeing these things. And, um... I mean, I know there's the whole push off the fire escape, uh, which may be more of like, oh, you're being haunted demons. But I think it's one of those things, too. If your brain thinks it's true, it's just going to respond. We we also see
0: Elliot Page's character, uh, Courtney, get pulled down the hallway by her leg by an invisible ghost Yeah, but we don't
1: know if that's just in her brain, that she's thinking she's getting pulled down down the
0: hallway. I think that if the movie was trying to go with, oh, maybe it's in their minds, maybe it's not, they'd try something a lot more subtle than, oh, she was standing up, now she's getting dragged down a hallway, screaming and thrown off. But
1: (laughs) those are the basic horror... ...things to do in a scary movie.
0: I guess. And it's
1: very basic. But I'm just saying what would make the most sense. Doesn't mean that the movie actually did that. I'm just saying that's what would make the most sense
0: to me. I I mean, I guess because Jamie is uh, haunted by people who are still alive, which doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. He sees visions of his ex-girlfriend, but in his visions, she's like a zombie-looking person... And she's still alive. And they meet up again at the end of the movie. So, what is he seeing? (laughs) Right. I mean, we don't know. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I don't know what the message is trying to be. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself without making right for everything you've wronged. And that, that was the whole thing. Like, the whole flatlining thing wasn't even... A big part of the movie, as ridiculous as it is, it was more just about facing their past, which I don't know how killing yourself makes you face your past.
1: And this really goes into our number two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the premise doesn't make any sense. The doctors are perfectly killing each other.
1: Purposefully. Yeah
0: they're intentionally killing each other and themselves and somehow it gives them superpowers like courtney is able to bake bread and play the piano when she was never able to bake bread or play the piano before
1: no no it was just that she hadn't played the piano for 12 years oh she hadn't played the piano
0: for 12 years and the
1: bread was her grandmother's recipe
0: Oh, she baked her grandma's bread. That was
1: the whole thing with Marlo saying, like, oh, she's in the past. She's remembering all these things from the past.
0: Right. So, in the past, she could play the piano and bake bread, and she forgot how to do it. And now she suddenly remembers how to bake bread and, again, play the piano. And... So somehow dying gives you these superpowers and it makes you want to have sex because...
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
0: both when Jamie and Courtney die, they have sex with each other. And then um the other girl, who, uh, Sophia, is that her name? Mm-hmm. When she dies, she also has sex with Jamie.
1: I have a craving.
0: Yes, she says, <laughs> I have a craving. And then she goes and has sex with uh Jamie. Then Marlo Flatlines comes back and tells Ray, "Hey, I killed somebody." Then they immediately have sex. So I guess dying makes you want to have sex. But again, like I was saying in the last point, there, um, the the movie isn't really about the flatlining or the experience of flatlining. Everybody only flatlines once in this movie. Has that experience once. And then the rest of the movie is about seeking forgiveness, and it just really is a weird way to get there. I, It was just, I don't know.
1: And it was not what the trailer made it out to be at all. Like, the trailer made, definitely made it seem like that they were... Flatlining. Sorry. That they were flatlining like multiple times and trying to like one up each other. Like I remember in the trailer being like, Oh, the longest is five minutes and someone saying, I'm gonna do seven. Yeah, I
0: definitely remember that.
1: And that never happened in the movie. Um, like they all um you know, Courtney started with a minute, she was in it a little bit longer because of the issues with resuscitating her um, Jamie wanted to be kept under longer, um, but I can't remember if it was two or three minutes. He did like two. Two minutes. And then
0: Marlo did three.
1: But again, Marlo was three minutes, not because she wanted to, but because she got stuck in the flat line a lot longer because they had a more difficult time resuscitating her. So it wasn't that they were one-upping each other. It was mostly because they were having difficulty Bring them back to life, basically.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it just it was not a great way to get this this point across.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the number one worst thing, please babe, take it away.
0: So this movie is almost exactly the same as the first one, the nineteen ninety original. But it is worse. The original actually had some pretty good reviews. It has a much higher score on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not 100% sure what the score is, but it's higher than 4%. This movie has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. But this movie has is almost a one-for-one blow-by-blow remake so it has uh, the original and this one both have a character who accidentally killed their relative doing something silly one was a drunk driving accident in the 1990 movie this one was a texting and driving incident they both had a movie where someone peeped on someone and revealed their naked pictures in the original it was someone taking a video while another person was having sex and in, in the remake it was Sophia hacking into a computer they both had a spanish accented jesus conscience character who didn't go through with uh the flatlining You know, basically every character had a mirror identity in both of them. And so the movie was pretty much the same thing. The characters kill themselves. They go back. They need to correct, you know, things they did in the past. And so then what was the point of making this movie? What was the point of remaking it? Like I said in the intro, It, Stephen King's It was remade in 2017 as well, but that was obviously a very good movie, had a completely different spin on the original, had some callbacks, but it had a new spin, obviously had updated technology to do better CGI and everything else than the original one did. And so there was a reason for that remake and this i don't i don't know they didn't do anything different at all it was more or less the same movie why would you do that why would you just make the same damn movie
1: good question and while you were explaining that, I did go on to Rotten Tomatoes. And so Flatliners 2017 has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, it does. Whereas the 1990 version has
0: a 50%. Yeah, so significantly better, obviously. Um, So what I was reading was better about the original is it had better acting with Kevin Bacon as the Jamie character, I guess. Um, It had... Better So the flatlining sequences were a lot more quote-unquote dream-like and had brighter colors and deeper visuals, and they kind of explored that a little bit more, whereas obviously this one, when they went into the dream world, it looked exactly like the real world, except sometimes it was like a ghostly energy outline, so I don't know. This movie also kind of had a weird, like, Inception feel, except it's more like, hey, can we go see Inception? We have Inception at home, and this is the Inception at home. (laughs) You know that meme? So this is basically like that, where they try to make it deep, like they're in a different world, and they're opening a rift, and they can't tell what's real and what's not. And Elliot Page is in both of these movies and that might be why they got Elliot Page to be in this one to kind of draw similarities. But Inception was a good movie that did, you know, went into dream worlds and actually took it pretty deep. And this one is just not. It was all shallow. I think that was another big problem is it was just really, really shallow and surface level.
1: And with all of that, so do you think it's so bad it's good or so bad it's just bad?
0: I don't even know if it's bad per se. I mean, it's not good. I would say it's just in a place where it's a movie that I would watch and then just say, "Yup, that's a movie I've seen. Never recommend it to anyone. And then a few years later, forget that I've ever seen it or anything like that.
1: Honestly, I feel like I'll probably forget that I've seen it too. I forget that I see a lot of movies. So. You do, but <laughs> I mean, I
0: probably forget that I've seen this movie too if we haven't had it recorded forever. But <laughs> Right, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those movies that's doesn't do anything special it's not going to stand out in any way at all not for being really bad not for being good i mean the the yeah
1: yeah i definitely think it is a bad movie and the reason why i'm saying it's bad is i really don't see this premise like working at all like I feel like I need to see the first flatliners to see if this premise is possible but I just can't get past to how past how dumb it is like how they are medical students slash about to be doctors they're obviously in their residency and they're purposefully killing themselves so they know how that has to fuck up your body um i mean you're at least getting deprived of oxygen which can lead to brain damage um and then the fact that they're you know shooting these drugs into their system that are supposed to basically make them Unconscious and then revive them. Like, I just don't feel like that's probably not good for your body either. No,
0: I mean, the Bills player who recently got revived from a heart attack, I mean, he he was unconscious for only a couple of minutes. Well, not unconscious. He was dead for a couple of minutes. And, you know, it, he's probably never going to play football again. So it's not like you can just revive yourself and... Just be like, oh, yep, I'm alive now. Going to go about my day.
1: Honestly. Thank goodness he's okay. Yes. Oh, that was so scary. Um, And so, yeah, it's honestly, it's like, yeah, like, obviously that messes up your body. It messes up your brain. And so I just don't see how this premise works with doctors. Like, I was thinking this whole, like... Okay, well, how would you make it work? The only thing I could think of was if, like, you got these this group of people who are, like, mad into drugs or mad into, like, adrenaline junkies, you know, that sort of thing. And maybe one of their friends had a near-death experience and was like... Yo, bro, that was the best high I've ever had. Like, that is literally the only way I can see a premise like this working just because I do not buy doctors doing this to themselves and others. Like I just, I can't get past how stupid that is.
0: Yeah. Now that you say it, you brought up, uh, you know, people who are into drugs, I think this movie, you could have gone the same route. Whereas instead of killing themselves, they could have just taken LSD and had a psychedelic trip, which revealed their past to them. And then they won't stop until they get forgiveness or clear their conscience. Because, again, they don't go back to that flatlining premise ever again. They do it once and then it's done.
1: Right. That's true. And, I mean, the uh, like, Courtney does allude to this whole thing not really being for research. Um, She doesn't really, like, flat out say exactly what her goal was, but I think we can all assume that she was trying to like reconnect with her sister in some way. Um, I mean, she was at fault for that accident. Like it went into more detail, um, in the movie where it was like, Oh my God, her eyes were off the road for forever. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you are definitely responsible for that. Obviously she was younger at the time. I mean, mistakes are made and so yes, you do have to move on um and all of that stuff. So I, I don't know if maybe her goal was to try and see her sister and her sister tell her that hey, it's okay um to allow herself to forgive herself. Uh, or something I, I don't I know. Yes,
0: but then her sister kills her, so.
1: Yeah, but that's what she saw in her brain.
0: Okay. That's
1: why I think that it's it's all about it's not actually them haunting them because like you said, the girlfriend isn't actually dead. so how is the girlfriend haunting Jamie? She's not. It's all in their brain. They're making they're hallucinating. I guess so. That's I... what makes the most sense to me. But, um. But yeah, so I just I just can't get past that premise, and that's why it's bad. But I was entertained. I was entertained, not as entertained as Grizzly. No.
0: Um. That's...
1: But I was entertained.
0: Grizzly Two is probably gonna be the most entertaining movie we've seen until we get to The Room. So, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean, I've seen the room before. Um, you know, obviously, we'll uh, we will rewatch it. But I fucking loved Grizzly too. It was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now to the order of the movies. Now we, Mike and I, haven't really discussed the list since our last kind of little debate. Yep. So I kind of created my own list and Mike can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. (laughs) But I did my homework.
0: (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) Just kidding. I was just doing stuff uh, while he was taking care of the dogs. So I was thinking, all right, one way to make this list. I mean, they're all bad movies, but we can kind of do it in a list of like in order of Hey, you might actually want to watch this movie to not watching this movie. But again, they're all bad movies. So even recommending one of these movies to watch is basically saying, like, this is the least stinkiest shit in the porta potties. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Which porta potty smells the least bad?
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. So for me, this is my list of best to worst. So. The best of the worst to the worst of the worst.
0: <laughs> right. Movies we recommend you would see.
1: So for me, Grizzly 2's at the top. Yes. Flatliners, sure. Morbius, Santa Claus, Christian Mingle, Catwoman.
0: I kind of yeah I I would agree? Agree, I would agree with that that list of recommending to watch Grizzly Two stands at top and so far as the only movie I would ever actually of all of these six that I would ever actually go to anybody and say yeah watch this movie you'll have a great time because the rest of these movies. You will not have a great time watching them. Um, I feel kind of the same way. Flatliners, as I do Morbius, you could put those in any order. They're just movies that are just kind of there. They exist. Santa Claus is kind of in a weird limbo for me where it's a really, really meh movie. It's 100% meh. It's the blandest, like it's glass-flavored lollipop.
1: Glass-flavored
0: lollipop. Yeah. you lick Or ice-flavored lollipop. You <laughs> oh lick God. it, and it tastes like nothing. It's ice. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's you still have a lollipop. It's a
1: filtered ice lollipop. Yeah. You don't even taste the minerals. <laughs> yes,
0: so you just lick it, and it's like, oh, I have a lollipop, but it's ice-flavored. So, no. <laughs> no. And then Christian Mingle is just... Like in a different category of bad because it's racist and just awful. And then Catwoman, which is worse than racism.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's beyond cringy. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't understand how you can take someone like Halle Berry, who is amazing. Like, I think she has. Had roles where she is a great actress and she's beautiful, and it, it's just like Catwoman. You just, it's like that secondhand embarrassment the entire time. Like her character is just so embarrassing that you get like mad at the movie because you're like, you are making me so embarrassed. Stop.
0: Yeah, like, you get the same feeling as you would watching Scott's Tots.
1: Oh, my God, I hate that episode. It's so
0: good, but I hate it so right. much. Right, yeah, oh. that's that's the kind that of... That is... That's the kind of feeling you get watching this movie. Like, you feel bad for Halle Berry.
1: Definitely. Um, and so then, the other way I thought to make a list out of these movies is kind of what you were getting, uh, talking about last time, was rating them from actual movies when we think about, okay, what are the fundamentals of a movie to just what the fuck mm-hmm. is this? And so for me, I mean, I think Flatliners and Morbius can be interchanged, Um but I put Flatliners, Morbius, Santa Claus, Catwoman, Christian Mingle, and Grizzly too.
0: I would 100% agree with that. Flatliners and... Morbius are both actual movies where somebody actually sat down, tried to make a decent movie, and, you know, they didn't do it, but they tried to make a movie. Santa Claus, I mean, kind of the same thing. They really tried, but... They failed harder than they did at Flatliners and Morbius just because they put so much money into that movie and they had such high hopes for it. And they just came out with, you know, an ice flavored lollipop that it's a bigger fall than Flatliners and Morbius Catwoman is they I guess they tried, but it was terrible. Honestly, yeah. Christian Mingle was a Christian movie about a dating site, so I don't know what to say about that. And Grizzly 2, they didn't really try. So if you haven't listened to the episode of on Grizzly 2, seriously, go back. It's probably our best episode. Yet.
1: And you need to watch the movie. Oh, yeah. It's you, fantastic. You
0: definitely need to watch that, that movie. Even though it's the
1: least movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, watch it. It's awesome.
1: Uh-huh. So specifically, um, so even though I think Catwoman is the absolute worst, the reason why I put it in... Um, fourth placed above Christian Mingle in particular. It's just because of how it is a movie based off of a dating app and how, like, when we were reading about what Christian Bernson had to... Corbin. Or, oh, sorry, Corbin. Corbin Bernstein had to say about making the movie. It was just like he came up with the idea on the spot when he saw the, like, owner or CEO of Christian Mingle. Like he
0: was being directed by God, even and though it, uh, it's the most bland.
1: <laughs> and And how it just seemed like a very thrown together movie not much thought and the fact that it it really is based off of the dating app and um in the movie there was just trailers of the app just throughout the movie so that's why I did put it underneath Catwoman and yes Grizzly's last uh Grizzly 2 is last uh definitely not because I want it to be there but it does have the least movie like qualities. it's
0: not a real movie but it's amazing and hilarious so again listen to the episode you'll get more background on that seriously pause this one and go back and do it that that episode is better than this one
1: (laughs) (laughs) um and so a little bit more background on the actors um so elliot page who plays courtney um you might have seen him in juno and inception Nina Dobrev. I'm not too sure how to say her She's last name. She's
0: Bulgarian, so I it's probably Dobrev.
1: Dobrev, um,
0: comrade.
1: When I saw her and I saw her name, I knew I recognized her, but I did not know from where. Um. So, oh, she was. She played Marlo in this movie. By the way, she was in Degrassi, The Next Generation. I watched a shit ton of that as a kid. I fucking loved that show.
0: Was that the one Drake was in? Yes!
1: He played uh, Aubrey.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Or no, his name's Aubrey. Right? No, wait.
0: I've never seen Degrassi.
1: I can't remember if he... Is Drake's real name Aubrey? No, I think his real name's Aubrey. And then... He is played Drake's
0: real name Aubrey. I think so. These are the debates you get into when you're watching Flatliners cuz there's <laughs> something else you'd rather be doing like looking up Drake's real name. Yes it is. Aubrey Graham.
1: That's right. And then who do you play in Degrassi? I'm I'm now I'm blanking on that.
0: This is now a Degrassi podcast.
1: <laughs> I actually really like that show. There was a lot of like ridiculous shit that went down. Um uh, I remember trying because it would like play really late. Um,
0: he played Jimmy Brooks.
1: Jimmy. Okay, I thought it was a J name, but yeah, I just remember it would play like not at the like best times. I guess for when I was a kid, like at how old I was, um, and so I'd have to like try and like wake up from bed to try and like catch it and uh. Uh, you know, it, before Netflix and all of these streaming sites, it was right, hard to watch yeah. the shows that you wanted to watch and no binging there right. were, or not very much binging
0: and unless they were playing a marathon.
1: And then you'd still have to watch ads. So,
0: yeah, terrible. Um, how did we live?
1: How did we? And then something that I found interesting, Diego Luna, who plays Ray, was in a Katy Perry music video. Yeah, Mr. The one who got away.
0: Mr. Mexican Jesus Conscience, man. Mhm.
1: And Kiersey Clements, uh she plays Sophia. She was actually in a couple episodes of The New Girl. She played Winston's girlfriend for a second. I oh. thought I recognized her. Um I, The New Girl, that's another that's a TV show. This is really good. It's really good. It's on Netflix right now if you want to watch it.
0: Who's that girl? It's Jessie. That's your name.
1: That's my name. So, babe, what are we watching next?
0: Our next movie is also a remake. It's a 2002 movie, a 2002 remake of a 1975 movie. The 1975 movie, much like in Flatliners, had much better ratings than the 2002 remake. But even though this movie is a remake, don't call it a comeback, as it stars LL Cool J. The movie we are watching is called Rollerball. So grab your popcorn, get a copy of Rollerball, and watch along with us this week. If you have any comments, you can comment on our Facebook page, Tragedies On Screen. On our Facebook page is a link to our Discord server where you can send to us your favorite bad movies for us to put on our list to select randomly. You can also send us your favorite scenes that we'll read on the podcast after we read our favorite scenes. And you can just provide us with general commentary that we will read at the end of our podcast. Um, We also have an Instagram page and we have a YouTube page where every week we put up our first look. So where we watch and react and discuss the trailer to each of the movies that we watch. So this Wednesday we should have up the trailer for the 2002 version of Rollerball. We also have a Twitter. Oh, yes, we do have a Twitter. I always forget about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Basically, we got all and we'll probably be adding a Snapchat as well. We also have Um, a subreddit. Oh, I forgot about that. We're too.
0: everywhere on the internet. We We're know where you, we know where you are. So follow us, or we'll follow you in real life. <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> um, also, where you can watch the movie is on Tubi or Roku for free, so you don't have to pay for this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the scariest part about this movie.
1: Oh, honestly, I can't believe that's we had th- to pay
0: for that. That's liners. three dollars I will never get back. With those three dollars. I could have bought three-fourths of a coffee with a turbo shot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that probably would have been better.
0: Significantly. Significantly. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, grab your popcorn because we are Tragedies Tragedies on on screen. Screen. Until next time, folks.